you know, I was at the point through my dark times, I was at the point because I didn't accept it. I didn't really speak to people. Um, I thought, oh, I'll take it on my shoulders. That's it. It's fine. And it hit me one day and yeah, I pulled over in LA by, I was going to leave my car and just disappear. That was wow. my plan. Um, I remember I was going to walk to the train station, jump on a train to anywhere and just vanish. That's it. I was gone. Um, but I sat down, you know, I had a good cry and it's okay to cry. It really is. Tell them again. Um, and, you know, I had this realization that I can't do that to, to my kids. I can't disappear. I've got, and it was that I have a responsibility here. And it was that moment I gave my head a wobble and I was like, right, sleeves up, I've got it, let's go. And, you know, then I reached out, then I started opening up. You're listening to Journey to Fatherhood, a podcast that inspires and equips men to becoming more intentional and feeling more supported on the journey to fatherhood. Why wait to become a father before learning how to be a good one? My name is Chinidim Obunaya, a young man also on his journey with a desire to help men become great fathers despite their past personal experiences. I'll be sitting with different guests to bring you great value, sharing their knowledge and their experiences as we all embark on this amazing journey. This podcast, though targeted towards men, ladies, you will also gain great value from the conversations. Now, without further ado, let the journey begin. Hi guys, welcome to Journey to Fatherhood once again. Today we have an amazing guest and you know it was Father's Day last weekend and it's amazing to have a father here that I truly believe is a phenomenal father. I'm going to tell you why later on and we're going to discuss about it. But today we have AD and he's here on the podcast because I was just looking for specific people that I felt that their story needs to be heard and they could share so much value to people listening. AD is a co-host of a podcast called Nobody Cares About Dad. However, besides that, he still does a lot of work in terms of his full-time, as well as making sure that, you know, raising a child is another full-time job. So he's doing more than one full-time career in terms of being a father, as well as doing other things. And today, in light of everything that's happened with fatherhood, I wanted to bring AD here to talk more about his personal experience, his journey as a single parent father, and also his journey from childhood to manhood to fatherhood, because I believe there's so much to be learned from that. Without further ado, AD, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank buddy? you. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for thank you for having me. It's great to have you. I know all of this was a bit short notice in terms of organizing <laughs> it, but I was so happy you were able to make it to the conversation today. And I guess the first question I I want to I want to let make sure that we have an answer for the audience is who is AD? I know sounds vague. Well, <laughs> tell us a bit more about AD. How what would you how do you introduce yourself or describe yourself? Uh, six foot three, red no um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely taller than me right there straight away. <laughs> uh, so yeah who's AD so like you said I'm a um you know I work full time. Um I'm a, I'm a dad. <laughs> um, that is, like you said, it's more than a full-time job. Yeah. Um, if only we got paid overtime for that, it'd be amazing. Wealthy. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just. So I'm someone that I've, I've had to I've had to grow up quite quickly um, from from a young age. I, I mean, I'm 35 now, 
um, 36 uh, in a few weeks. But in terms of taking a lot of responsibility on as, as, a, as a young, very young sort of child, you know, I had to, I've got two siblings, I've got two younger sisters. Um, so I've always been somebody who has taken a lot on. Um, okay. So I've had to go to the gym and get these shoulders broader and broader and broader because so I have to take it, it on. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, it's just so I was in the military. Uh wow. served How in the many military years for served? just under nine years. Um and then left the military and went to work in the Middle East for I was there for four months, just over. Um okay. and then sort of came back. Uh my partner at the time fell pregnant. I wanted to be around for pregnancy, so yeah. Experienced all that, the highs and lows. In the hospital, um, in the birth room, you were in the in the middle yeah. of it all. Yeah, courage. it was that a had a lot of courage, man. We had a water birth. Okay. Um. So yeah, I wanted to be around for that, so I chose to make sure I was back in the UK. Um. Yeah. And then yeah, then you know, took on this new <laughs> this new role as a as a sort of full time parent, kind of. Yeah. Uh, when I met, so when I met my partner, she had a, a six-week-old baby. Okay. So from a previous relationship, so you know, very new, new tiny little yeah. human. Um, so I had to adapt my life very quick. Again, you know, growing up, I've always seemed to take on more, um, and sort of just take it in my stride. It's the only way you can do it. <laughs> it's the only way. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a lot there, and we're gonna unpack a bit. Of, we're gonna unpack a lot of that. I think for me, it's interesting because you mentioned something very. Just to confirm, you're the oldest amongst your siblings. Is that correct? Yes. And yeah. you've got two younger sisters. Two younger sisters. Yeah. There's uh, so two years between my first sister, and then four years between my second. So wow. two years between us all. Okay. So how has that been? Because I'm sure that. As the older, you you said it right there, having to grow up very quickly. How was it childhood for you in terms of growing up with the father in the house and things like that? Um, yeah. So to be honest, my my mum, my mum was my dad as well. Um, wow, okay. You know, I had a dad. Didn't really know him. He wasn't around long. Um, from what I did know, he was he was very abusive to my mother. Um, you know. He, it wasn't a nice environment at all. I see. And my mum sort of sheltered us from that as much as she could. Um, and like I said, I had two younger sisters. So I remember, I remember I was seven years old, I believe. I think it was seven years old. And I remember seeing, seeing this drama unfold with, I say dad, but that's a title somebody should, should earn. So we'll go with sperm donor. Um, so he was there, you know, being abusive to my mother. Um, and I just remember taking my sisters off into another room and, you know, phoning the police. And I was seven years old, you know, so growing up quite quick. Um, that was out of the way. Uh, he was out of the way then. Uh, and yeah, so I sort of took on the, the man of the house kind of role. I'm a mummy's boy at heart and I still am. And Listen, there's no shame you know, in saying it. There's nothing wrong. No, with it. you know, see, my mum. You know, but we'll get onto it later. But apart from my stepdad, my mum 
was and is my role model. And, mm. you know, she she always made sure we were safe and we were happy. You know, we, we grew up, so we grew up in the sort of the, the 80s and 90s and it was, you know, we didn't have the best of everything. That was fine. Because what we did have was my mum's love, love for each other. And my mum always made, my mum always did her best. And you can't ask any more of that at all. So it was never these sort of jealous kids of, they've got all this fancy stuff. You know, our friends have got this, this, this. We were happy and content with what we had because we valued it. So, you know, from that young age, it was always, it was always sort of me, my sisters and my mum. That's interesting. That's really interesting because what you mentioned there, unfortunately, is the same case with a lot of young people. Um, growing up where their fathers aren't present and they have to take up an almost man of the house role at such yeah. an early age. How was that experience for you? Because from as early as I'm guessing this started seven plus when you took yeah. on that role. How was that? Because that's exactly what you said. You had to grow up so quickly. How did you adjust to that? Do you have a community or did you have any other male role models around that helped you with that journey? Um. Not really. There's no other male models, male role models around. It was more, it was more like my aunties and yeah, we all live close, close together. Um, so pretty much, I've I've seen these, you know, strong women in my life. You know, they've they've always stuck together and they they, they are what pulled us all through it. But I guess from having to sort of adapt to become like this like man of the house at such a young age it was it was difficult i, I didn't understand it obviously um it's mm. only when you look back yeah. and you think oh i had to i remember having to look after my sister and you know sit with her make sure she was okay and then i remember you know cuddling my mum consoling my mum some nights you know she was upset and it was all this my mum you know she she worked her backside off she was working three jobs at one time i remember and you know one of those was from home <laughs> so she should go out to work finish there go to another job come home and do this other job from home it was like um packing it was like packing catalogs and magazines and things with all literature um and i remember helping you know such a young such a young lad and i helping out i think that my childhood was i guess kind of cut short in the aspect of being a normal sort of a normal kid um but i still you know i still got to be a kid i wasn't restricted and i i still went to school still played with my friends but i just had a different understanding and a different sort of different view on the world uh especially parents you know you see all these all these families happy families and it's something you long for everyone longs for and aspires for but at that age my happy family was my mum and my sisters so that's all that's all that mattered to me then um and then my stepdad came on the scene when i was uh i was 11 okay so four years after okay yeah so yeah i was i was 11 he came on the scene he, he's my dad in my eyes he's my dad and that's it um yeah he came on the scene absolutely Changed, changed everything, changed everything for us. It was a bit tough at the start, obviously. Adjusting, yeah, I can imagine. 
you know, I was this then, I was this sort of 10, 11 year old thinking, hey, well, this is my turf. Like, <laughs> who are you? Get out. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's, so other than my mum, he's, he is my, my role. He's what I aspire to be as a parent all the time. So, That's you know, people have role models of superstars and famous people. Um, for me, it is very much my mum and my dad. So, you know, in all honesty, in, in spirit transparency, my role model is my mother. Um, my mm-hmm. father is present. He's not in the country. However, growing up, he, he was physically present in the house, but not present when it came to raising. So, of course, we're trying to make amends now and things like that. However, when people ask me who my role model is, even though I'm a basketball fan, it's not Michael Jordan. It's none, none of those things. It's my mother. And the same yeah. reasons why you said that the grit and the, the desire to take on responsibilities that just had to be done. There was a time my mother was doing three jobs as well. And we would see her very few small ounces of time in between. And my older brother would have to take up the role. So I also experienced observing my older brother not really being so child. How, how do I describe it? He didn't play too much. He was always yeah. very serious because he knew he had to make sure we ate. He had to make sure the house was clean, had to make sure mom's food was ready for when she came back from work. And so much of that. And to this day, I speak with him, but you could tell that this is a guy that grew up way beyond. And he's, he's wise because of that. However, you also ask yourself, like, no child should have had to go through that for even a year or two years. But granted, they came out great. He's come, my brother's come out great and he's doing well. And that takes me on to the next question, because some young men have that are in that predicament for the rest of their lives up until they're adults with no other person coming in. What kind of takeaways could you give to young people that are in that single parent home where their mother is their father and their mother? what kind of what's your take on that or what could you impart what kind of wisdom could you impart on them or support for this time it's it's simple it's you know you 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 think you feel hard done by you you, you're sad you're upset yeah it's nothing what your mum's going through like your mum is going through all of that and more so for me it's about you know be respectful Mm. you know don't it's not it's not their it's not their fault so if, if they're at home and they are with you who's 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 who's, who's to blame because it's yeah. it's not them they are still there by your side doing the best they can and that's what you've got to remember you know a, a lot of people uh, single parents mums and dads they are doing the best they can and it might not always be right and always seems fair there's a lot of times as a kid i felt well this ain't fair you know i i should have more but you look back and you go well actually that was more like that was my mum giving us the best she could so just remember that, that they are doing the best they bloody can the more grief you add to them you know it's just adding more heartache got to be a team you've got to be a unit got to be you know, it's my whole life growing up has been about teamwork, um, and it's very much it is very much that realization from that young age. You all pull together. You've you've got to all help because better day, better days will come. Absolutely. You know, I, so I heard this saying once, and it's so nice. It's 
you know, the su- the sun still shines behind the dark clouds. So no matter how dark it is and how bad you feel, the sun is shining behind there. So there is, you know, there is that hope. Clouds will break, the clouds will part. Happy days, you know. You've just got to remember the sun is shining behind the dark clouds. That's 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 powerful. That's wonderful. The reason why I ask that is because I currently have I, I work with a lot of young people. I worked in the education sector before going corporate. Okay. And I still mentor some of those with their parents' permissions or their mother's permissions in many cases. And it's that constant struggle because they they want to talk about it, but they don't know how to talk about the struggles they're going through because they see their brother going through so much work having to do extra and extra and extra they're frustrated within themselves but they don't know who to be angry at because some of them don't even know who their fathers are yeah and you know getting angry um we've all done it we've all been there we all get angry but the amount of energy that drains from yourself and consumes you're missing out on a lot more of positivity a lot more um you know a lot more happy days if you if you're always angry and you just want somebody to blame you know first thing first thing i would suggest and i know it's not easy but first thing would be look in the mirror like that's the first that's where you should start like what are you doing that's what's making you so angry like, how are you acting with that anger because if you're acting out then you are partly to blame on that so it's about giving your head a wobble, <laughs> give your head a wobble. Real wobble, yeah. And, yeah, and, and and take a deeper look. It's We're very quick to point our fingers, aren't we? We're very quick to point the blame. Um, I remember once in the, my military career, I was blaming someone else and um, literally pointed my finger and my, my instructor at the time was like, well, just stop what you're doing and look. And I was like, I have no idea what you're on about. Like, now you're annoying me. <laughs> and he said, you're pointing with one finger, ah. but you've got three pointing back. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, that one. And that stuck with me. And it's, it's very true. You know, there is the odd occasion where, you know, somebody genuinely is to blame. Hmm. But then what you do with that, you can either make that transition easy or hard. And anger just consumes. Anger just, you know, it, it's... It's a dark, dark, dark place to be in, is anger and, you know, that frustration. You need an outlet. That's, you know, that's a given. Everyone has their own outlet. Um, Mine's always been music and running. Um, So I tend to headphones on and go for a run or a walk. Just switch off from the world. Sometimes we need to. (laughs) We need to make that time, don't we, for ourselves. That, that's really interesting because from what you take talking about in terms of how you react to circumstances and situations, it brings me on to the next question because you already mentioned that when your stepdad, your dad stepped into your life and he took on that role, there was a bit of a conflict at first trying to adjust to it. How were you able to adjust to that? And then what, I'm guessing I'm taking 25 years after, 24 years after, how has that been? How has that journey been? So the, the adjustment was, it, it was tough. It was yeah. very tough because it had been me and my sisters and my mum for so long, yeah. um, you know, and then I do, I, so I remember the day it all clicked for me and it was, my mum had just finished work um, and she was able to not work three jobs then. So she had yeah. just finished work 
and she came home and you know dinner was made by my, my dad we were all sorted everyone's happy and my mum looked so so happy and I remember sitting there on the sofa just looking and I was like I've not seen like that much joy in my mum's eyes for so long how old were you then and I thought so then I would have been I think I was 12 then I yeah I was wow. 12 so just going to school and um I remember sitting back and going okay like if that's what if that's what's happening then you know it's, it's fine with me absolutely fine with me um because you know as a as a kid and as a as a mummy's boy you know i always wanted my mum to be happy always do and when i seen that moment i thought okay stop being stop being a little bugger and just stop trying to butt heads all the time and just just let go be a kid again you know be a kid that's absolutely beautiful to see because imagine i can 24 20 24 23 24 years ago that's when you had that epiphany and you still hold on to it so it's it's, it's amazing to see how much even you were smiling as you were recalling recollecting yeah. that story and it's so powerful that I, it's good for people to understand the power of a male role model in the house in the home i think it's one of those things where i keep telling my young students um my former students that just because your family's like this doesn't mean this is normal this has to be your normal when you grow up and yeah, exactly it's 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 one of those things going back to the metaphor you talked about the sun and the the dark clouds it's exactly like that because what's it right in front of you you focus so much on it and don't even think about what's in the future so with that because okay now you've decided to let go and allow yourself to be a kid and just love your father what was that like what was that relationship like well it was it was very odd to begin with because i, I yeah. didn't know how to i didn't know how to to feel about it all okay. um i was almost then having to sort of share my mum's attention and you know share with my sisters and yeah. it, it was just yeah it was very it was it was just a, a very feeling at the start but once i got past all that you know it was it was amazing you know we had so many good times and you know, with them then my new my new grandparents and it was just amazing we had some really good family time um and it was difficult you know it was still it wasn't like you know the, the happy ever after that was it all done there were still difficult times and dark times and stuff but you know that came from pressures of work you know from my parents and you know, then my dad had to go off and work away for a bit and then it, it was all quite disjointed but it was holding on to that you know we'll all be back soon we'll all be back together yeah so when you live in that moment it doesn't feel like it mm. that's the thing you know like you just said you, you you focus on what's in front of you um it's bigger picture you've got to learn to look at bigger picture Absolutely. and for short-term sacrifice is long-term gain that's you know, that's how you should see it it's that yeah. that short time um but yeah it was no, I, apart from the start of my childhood when i was then at secondary school and you know i used to have some some really good banter <laughs> with my dad and okay 
you know, he used to stitch me up all the time. We always used to play pranks on each other. Um, the worst, I tell you, the worst prank he ever played um, from a young age was I remember I went to a football tournament. First okay. ever football tournament at, at um, primary school. Okay. I was buzzing. I was like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So putting on my kit and then my joggers over my kit, went to the game. The coach was like, right, everyone, like, you take your joggers off, get ready. Yeah. Like, you've got all your kit on underneath. I remember taking the joggers off, you know, put my hands in my pocket to pull them, like pull them down. And he had actually put, <laughs> he had actually put um, something that belonged to my mum in my pocket. <laughs> he put a pair of my mum's underwear <laughs> in my pocket. And I was like, oh God, I thought my there. hair was red. My face was a lot redder. Um, so embarrassed, so embarrassed. Obviously everyone, thought different yeah they have their moments but i was fuming when i got home absolutely fuming but he couldn't keep a straight face he couldn't talk because he was just he found it hilarious and i was just like that kind of started a little prank war i think yeah okay you know what that that is that is that is funny what a way to bond (laughs) because i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) that that must have been how did the tournament go though tournament was brilliant after I got <laughs> over the embarrassment yeah the tournament was really good um so I was on oh. a high from that and when I got home I was like right <laughs> no. that, 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 is, that is wonderful I'm, and I'm happy to hear that because I think like you said that conflict a lot of young people a lot of people struggle with that even at an older age when someone else comes into the family but I'm happy to see that he made the efforts clearly from what you're saying he made the efforts to build that relationship and that's powerful. Yeah. And with that now takes me to, because when we grow up, when people, a lot of people growing up, they promise themselves, I will never do this. I will never do this. This is what I'll never do when I become a father. This is what I will do. What were the things that you learned from your experience and your relationship, your ongoing relationship with your father, as you proceeded into being a father yourself? You know, just, just to be there, like mm. be there, not you're around, but you're not in that moment. You're not, you know, part of their lives sitting on a chair, you know, not, not involved. Um, my dad's always been involved in everything. Um, always shown an interest, um, whether he's wanted to or not, he's always done it for me uh, and for my sisters. But for, for me, it's always been, you know, I've always seen my dad putting the effort in, even when he's tired and exhausted and had a bad day at work. It's always put that effort in. And that's the thing I've I've learned and took into fatherhood myself. You've got to be present. You know, if you are with your children, be with them, interact, engage with them, you know. And if you're just there and like most people, they're there, they're just on their phones, constant. They're on their phones all the time. I see it when I take my boy now to like uh, to one of the parks. I'll be I'll be there running around with him or chasing him around, playing whatever game he wants to play. Um, it's normally a Gruffalo. I end up being a Gruffalo, <laughs> always. But I'm chasing them around and I see all these other parents sat on benches or on the wall and they're just on their phone. The kids are there playing. And you hear it, mommy, daddy, mommy. And there's nobody looking or they're looking, but from down here still. So it's it's being that moment. That the one thing I have took through from my experiences of my dad is that it's, it's it's be there be in the moment because it doesn't happen you know it's they 
I've seen it now. My, my son's four, and he's growing up really quick. I'm so I'm having more and more conversations with actual meaning, and it's not just you know talking about you know, poop and yeah, it's not just talking about absolute like whatever that's going yeah. on in their little little imaginations, but you can have a conversation with an end result, and you're thinking, wow. Wow, I find myself getting told off sometimes by him, and I'm thinking, what just happened? You know, when you walk off and you think, hang on a minute, no, 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 I'm the parent. Wait a minute. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you get your own drink. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's definitely that. You know, the biggest thing and advice there to anyone, I guess, is you've got to be receptive. You know, you've got to allow that person, somebody's new new is on the scene, you've got to allow them to make an effort and, and try. You can't just close that door and just put that barrier up. Because um, we're all guilty of building a barrier. Um, but it's only when you, you allow that person in, you know, you can see the beauty, you know, you can see what it is. And it's, it can be negative and hold on to grudges. It's just going to consume you. That's all it's going to do. So yeah, be receptive. Um, Definitely, definitely be in the moment. My dad, we, even now, we have so much, so much plans, so much fun. You know, we cannot speak for a couple of days, then we'll speak or we'll have a message. And it's just, it's just fun. There's no, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just so nice. And we live like quite a distance away now. Um, So we're all spread out, my sisters and my parents. Um, but it's it's making that the, the quality time over quantity. So I don't get to see everybody as much. Yeah. But when I do, it's quality time. Absolutely. So you know, it's the same with having my boy. So I have him quite a lot. Um, but when I do have him, it's the quality time. I don't want to have him and just be right. I'm too busy. Yeah, go and sit down, buddy. Go and you know. Watch your iPad. Watch the TV. But like, I don't want that all the time. It's it's not fair on them. You know, we all have that added pressure of work and and, and our own lives to contend with. But in that moment, like I said, be in that moment. That's you know you can't get you can't get it better than that because you can miss out on so much. That that is that is absolutely well said, and I'm a big believer in being present more than just being physically there presence yeah. being present it's not about location but about men- mindset and involvement but yeah 100 that that is that 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 is something i always preach on and it's amazing to hear you say that because what i always come to this my qualification was in psych- <laughs> my degree was in psychology and i remember when okay. i was in university we had this story of it was actually what got me into psychology in a levels then before prior to uni my psychology teacher told us about this story where there were two guys that grew up in a household where the father was a drunkard and abusive and both of them grew up one eventually had a happy home with great relationship with his kids and wife the other ended up in prison being a drunkard and abusive and they asked an interviewer followed the case of the over over a couple of years and asked both of them why did you how why do you think you ended up the way you did they both had the same answers 
how would you what would you do if your father was a drunkard and abusive they had the same upbringing but two different directions and it's about that making an active choice and I'm, the reason why i'm saying that is because you made a choice to let your father in you also made a choice to be better than your biological father was and it's proof it's really proof that how you start is not how you should finish or you can change 100 and it 100%. takes me on to this next thing because we were talking about it prior to just starting now about the recent movie that came out in terms of fatherhood and the kind of attention that's given to single parent fathers and we know that the media doesn't really cover it so much because it's more so something on the side how how have you adjusted to being a single parent father and what does that feel like what's your day-to-day in terms of your reasoning around that so adjust it i think so when so when i met my ex like i said she had a six-week-old baby um and i think by the time i actually met I still met her quite young, the, 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 the baby. Um, I then re- basically raised her. She's now five, nearly six. Yeah. Um, we still have that relationship. It, you know, it's amazing. You know, she is my stepdaughter. That's that's it. Um, you know, to the point, so she started calling me Pappy from a young age. So I made the choice to make my son call me Pappy. So there was no confusion. Mm. Um, so you know, I, I, I see them both as as, as the same. Uh, it's just that I have my son on a one-to-one. Um, yeah, I think it was tough. It was tough becoming that that sole, sole parent, that sole person of responsibility. And so I have my son um, three days a week, plus every Saturday morning and every Sunday morning, because I take him to... Uh, football on a Sunday morning and Saturday morning we normally go off and go to a park or whatever um, and then every other weekend so I have him a lot um, but phew, trying to balance trying to balance those days with working full time um, so I work from home anyway yeah. and then my head office is actually in Australia so you know sometimes i've got late nights early mornings if i'm trying to catch a certain member of the team or a conference call or something so yeah it's it's balanced i don't think i can ever get it right Mm. you know and that's that's that and it's just again like i said earlier you've got to think bigger picture um so there are times where i've got my son and i say you know i can't play i can't i've got to get this finished or I've got to do this but I know as soon as I've done that I'm all his and the next day will be better because I'll have more time to, to dedicate to having him um, but yeah what what an adjustment honestly an eye opener <laughs> that's for sure, sure. Um, and it's just for, the, for a very long time I forgot how to be AD I forgot how to be me um, and my focus was just my son and my job my son, my job, my son, job. and there was no, there was no me time. Okay. Um, I felt guilty if, for the nights I didn't have my son, I felt guilty if I was doing anything, because I was like, I should be having my son, or there's there's other things I should be doing, not going to the gym, going to play football, you know, going to meet this friend, that friend. I always felt guilty at the start, mm. but then it was actually my mum who said, "You'll be okay." 
you know, he will be okay. If, you, if you're busy and you've got to do something, do it. That he will be okay. And, you know, from that, that moment, I realised, actually, yeah, he will. He's got enough people around him that love him. So if for that one day the plan changes and I can't have him, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. I've got to accept he's good. He's not going to be sat in a corner just waiting for me. He'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I think I love it. I love being a dad. Absolutely. I just love it. It's um, you, you get to you get to mould this little person that you know, you're responsible for moulding them. That's it. What they see in you is what they will remember and aspire to be like, like I was as a young age. And we forget sometimes that that little person is looking up to you, whether it's you as a dad or if you are the male influence in their life, they are looking up to you. So carry yourself with that, you know, with that respect and and just be happy because it, it, honestly, it does rub off. It does rub off. When I was going through the, the dark times and um, sort of in, in my relationship, I, I wasn't myself and I knew my son and little girl were picking up on that. You know, I wasn't the fun, happy, happy pappy. Um, mm. I wasn't that guy. I was very short-tempered, quick to snap, you know. And then you, you sort of have this reaction and then you step back and you go, what have I done that for? Like, you go, why? They're, they're, they're just kids. They're just asking for this, 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 like... But as a parent and as an adult, you know, times times get tough. Times do get tough and testing. Um, but we get through it. You know, you get through it. There's always another day. That that that's. And I'm happy that you admitted that it can be tough, because I think oh, with a lot of it is that in general, men. Well, a lot of the guests I've had, we talked about acceptance of realities that we face being vulnerable being transparent and unfortunately in a male sec in a male demographic we don't do enough of that we tend to just act like no it's okay you know brush off the shoulders but these are things that people need to know and it kind of gives people peace to hear that because i'm sh i'm sure i know a few single fathers that'll be listening to this and just to reassure them that it's okay to have those challenging times but like you said having a bigger picture yeah, one. There's no, there's no manual. There's no app for her being the best dad in the world. Um, but from a, from a dad's perspective, because you know I know a lot of amazing mums, and don't discredit them at all like in the slightest. But from a man's side, it's you know it, you're right. We we don't go. Yeah, that's tough. Mm. Or actually, I need help. I'm struggling here. We tend to, as men, just go, yeah, it's all good. I'm go, I'm okay. It's all good. But inside, it's just eating away. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, you, you should never listen to somebody else telling you how to be a parent, how to be a dad, how to be a husband, how to be a brother, whatever. It's, there's no right or wrong. Mm. You know, you will learn your own way. And we all go through tough times. If anybody says, Oh, it's amazing. It's so easy. I've got like, it's incredible. Utter lies. Utter lies. 
<laughs> Honestly, we have emotion, and that's the thing. As a man, we've got to remember we have emotion yeah. and we have feelings. It's not as easy for us to show that because of society. That's that's the bread and butter. It's not seen as a, an acceptable way to behave as a man. Be upset, then you're told you're depressed. But you're not. Sometimes you just you're craving somebody to say what's wrong but are you receptible to go okay you've asked so here it comes because we tend to think i'm not going to share this with that person because it's too much but it's never it's never too much never if any they said if any single dads are watching this and um you know they are going through those sort of times you'd be amazed how many people are feeling exactly the same but you you are the only person that can make that that change you have to take that first step by saying help me right somebody help me it's, there's no shame in that whatsoever you're actually a better dad a better human being for asking for that help because it takes a lot of courage a lot there's so many avenues for women to talk about their feelings their emotions there's not that many for men Oh, not many. So with that, then, for those listeners or as well as those that are still on the journey and haven't quite had the privilege of being becoming fathers yet, what would you say? First of all, let's take that back. You said that it's always important to ask for help. How do you where does your support system come from? And what could you suggest to those listening that may be in the same situation? So su- support is Obviously, first and foremost, it's friends and family. Yeah. If that's available, if mm. it's available. Um, if not, you know, there's lots of charities out there. There's there's lots of great organisations that will just listen. There will be that listening ear. Because um, sometimes to vent, to get it all off your chest, is such a release. It's not it's not just going round and round in circles. Um, an analogy I've once heard is that you know, we are. We are, we're a fizzy drink, we're a can, and we're just being shaken and shaken and shaken. When we open that lid, there's only one way, and that's, you know, that's an explosion. So you've got to, you've got to pop holes, pop holes in the side, let a little bit out here and there. It's never going to get to that point then where it explodes. And it's, it's very much that. You, there, there are so many options out there. We, we live in a day of technology and internet, so go on the internet, get somebody to search a group for you, a phone number. You know, the podcasts like these, these are amazing. There's all these different avenues just to listen and go, okay, he's he's feeling exactly like I felt. And this is the this worked for him. What works for me may be different for yourself and vice versa. Yeah. But unless you're willing to try, you won't know. So yeah, definitely reach out. Reach out to to anybody. Anybody. There's so many groups that we we don't know about. Um, but things like this and, and getting on and, and speaking, opening up, doesn't make you weak in the slightest. Absolutely. In the slightest, it makes you a lot stronger because first first and foremost, you're admitting you're going. Okay, I have no idea what's going on here. Somebody help. <laughs> Somebody guide me. But that's all they can do is guide you. Nobody can tell you how to how to be a be a parent, be a dad. 
you know if you're expecting a child get ready because <laughs> it is it's a whirlwind of emotion but it's so it's so magical it's, it's amazing it's an amazing thing that you that you've done and you know you've created this life so nourish that life you've you've got to you have a a duty of care you have a responsibility and that's what a lot of people forget they do the good thing they have their fun and then go i'm out no responsibility for me unfortunately and it is it's so sad but you you know you've you have you have a responsibility so take it Mm -hmm. go full throttle head on um but yeah i think reach out that's the that's the best bit is reach out i wish i had all this thing to my knowledge when i was going through you know my breakup and some some really dark time i wanted to reach out and speak to people but i found myself saying to my friends they'd be like are you okay mate and i'll be like yeah yeah i'm fine i'm good but then i'd get in my car i'd drive i'd be crying you know i'd be so upset or i find myself putting my headphones in trying to switch off and I'd run for miles, like Boris Gump style. Just keep running. Wow. And I'd, and I'd get to a point where I go, well, first of all, how am I going to get back? <laughs> I've run too far. Like, my legs aren't working. Mm. But it's that realisation of, well, I, I obviously need some sort of release here because it's just eating me up. Yeah, I became a bit, I became ill. I had a breakdown. And, you know, I was at the point through my dark times I was at the point because I didn't accept it I didn't really speak to people um, I thought oh, I'll take it on my shoulders that's it it's fine and it hit me one day and yeah I pulled over in LA by I was going to leave my car and just disappear that was wow. my plan um, I remember I was going to walk to the train station jump on a train to anywhere and just vanish that's it I was gone um, but I sat down, you know, I had a good cry and it's okay to cry. It really is. Tell them again. Um, and, you know, I had this realization that I can't do that to, to my kids. I can't disappear. I've got, And it was that I have a responsibility here. And it was that moment I gave my head a wobble and I was like, right, sleeves up, I've got it, let's go. And, you know, then I reached out, then I started opening up. And like I said, there was a lot of tears every day. But you know what? The sun broke through the clouds and you know, I'm really happy. I'm really, really happy now. I'm in a really good place. And it's only because I've gone through that, that dark time and struggling and testing. But hey, I chose not to give up. That's the best thing. Absolutely. Push on through. That, that is powerful. And I, for those listening, please, again, just don't let that slip by because I think it's so important that you understand and you accept admitting, like you said, admitting that it's not easy, that it's tough, admitting that you need help, admitting that you're struggling and reaching out for help. Family members and loved ones, if they're not directly available, there's charities, like you said, and there is more work now being, it brings me so much joy that I'm seeing more work being done for men's mental health, because that's a key factor that has always puzzled me why there wasn't enough work being done. However, it's even, if you can't reach out to those people there is always someone available and it's just about you opening up because you'd be surprised who wants to help you'd be surprised who in your circle or your network is actually able to help so just 
trusting that yes someone will someone will listen and it is possible to get support through this because you don't have to suffer alone yeah 100% yeah there's no reason anybody should suffer alone or in silence there's you know we all have a voice and it's about using it absolutely you know you 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 are the only person that can make that that step though you can't be forced so make that step like you said reach out you know, a friend and I we, we do something very similar we do you know we do a podcast um and it's yeah you know some of the guests that have come on with with us and the stories you just oh it takes so much courage so much courage to to open up and share you know it shows so much vulnerability and and you know long gone are the days and this is what people need to realize long gone are the days you know the old taboo of of men and being men like ugh, bravado yeah yeah we're good we're men we can't we can't show emotion that day's gone we are in a new world and people need to realize that men and women you know they need to accept that their partner needs to vent their partner both ways you need that release you need to still be you but what better way to open up and show that vulnerability to somebody honestly it's such a good feeling <laughs> i've done it and you feel you feel relieved to have said what's on your mind what's troubling you yeah you know you feel so much relief from it it's incredible incredible so yeah reach out 100 and it's great that you linked into it and guys i said at the beginning i definitely want you guys to check it out nobody cares nobody cares about that on you guys are alive on podbean but i know that you're definitely on spotify apple podcast you also have a blog if i'm correct yeah um, a facebook page facebook page um, and instagram and instagram but, i'll definitely put the descriptions I'll, I'll definitely put those links in the description section perfect. however just before we round up now if people yeah, wanted sure. to reach out to you how could they get in touch yeah. with you on Facebook, uh, that'd be the easiest way. I think majority of the world has Facebook. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, also on, like you've mentioned, on all those sites, um, which, you know, you're very kind of you to, to share the links. Um, but yeah, get on there. So if you're going through Facebook, just send us a message. Marco um, Carlucci is the, the, the guy that I do it with. So he actually started this um, and I was his first guest. Oh, nice. So he interviewed me January, um, but we had such such a, an amazing response from it. We thought, hang on a minute, let's let's do this. Let's talk about this more. And it's yeah. men's mental health. You know, it's called nobody cares about dad because that's quite often the case. You know, it's it's all the focus on on mums and are they happy? Like Father's Day's just been and gone. For me, you know, it was. I went to my mum and dad's for Father's Day. I had a really cute, cute morning with my little boy. Um, he's very, very tentative to helping me in the morning. He wanted to carry my breakfast for me. He wanted uh-huh. to, he and wanted to make what, my bed. Four, for me. Five? four years old, yeah, yeah. He's very. Um, trust me, he's like he looks like a six-year-old. He's a big lad. <laughs> That's a great he's very man. tall. Um, but yeah, so I went to my mum and dad's and. 
you know, it was it was quite lonely in the sense of the journey up there. You know, there wasn't a big fuss being created and all that. And yeah. then I got to see my dad, you know, and we were there for my dad. And, you know, we had we had a really good time. But it does hit home that, that nobody cares about dad because they, so many people think dads are okay. Like, they, they don't really want to be showed love. They don't really want gifts. They don't really want to be told, hey, I love you. Yeah. or you're doing a great job you know we do it and i like to think we do it a lot the other way and you know we're, we're always reminding people how well they're doing and they're doing amazing this and amazing that but so are the guys mm. you know so it's about the mental health and the stigma of mental health there's been loads like this past year there's been so much about mental health so much one thing that annoyed me was that week we had Mental Health Awareness Week. Okay. And it annoyed me because I was thinking, why is it a week? Like, it doesn't stop. After this week, you don't see anything else on TV. You don't see anything, other adverts popping up or people talking about it. Because people have gone, oh no, we've recognised it for that week. Hey, mental health's been going on a lot longer than we've been around. For a lifetime. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, reach out. You know, we're always happy, always happy to chat. And, you know, some people we've had messages and just vent. They're, they're not, they don't really want to come on the show. They don't want to speak. They just vent. And we've had other people say they'd love to come on, but it would actually, it would actually cause more trouble for them to come on in terms of them being able to see their children. Okay. And it's worth. And that's wrong. That's wrong in itself that you can't, you know, because not everybody, but you know, you hear a lot of cases of mums holding the cards. You know, mums will dictate when you can be a dad, when you can't, um, what you can do, what you can't do. Like, no, you need to get that mutual ground and go, it's not about us anymore. It's what's right for that little child, what's right for them. Absolutely. You know, and so, yeah, just reach out. Honestly, like what you're doing as well and what you speak about and what you cover, it's incredible. And the work you do, especially with mentoring and things, it's nice to know that that, that is happening, that still happens. You know, it's we all come from different walks of life. So to be able to share with each other, you know, you, you make new friends every day. Absolutely. Um, it's... I'm just thinking on so much of what you shared. If we had more time, I would even go into more about the whole mutual ground thing. And yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot it's, that needs honestly, to be addressed. There's so much. There's so much negativity in the world right now, and you know, there's a lot of people pointing blame at everybody else. If if. If you are going through a really horrible time with an ex-partner, take a step back, reassess what's important. It's not about you paying more money so they can wear more fancy clothes and and, and things. It's what's 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 right for that little child. Mm. You know, me and my ex, very fortunate, we we get on. You know, we have that mutual ground. Um, we always said like, we wanted to remain as friendly as possible as friends or or you know as close to as you can get but we have the same interest 
you know, we have the same interest. It's the well-being and the welfare of of the kids. That, and that's how it should be. You know, I'd never speak bad of, of their mum, and especially in front of them. Kids are sponges. Remember that. So can <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. You think they're switched off. No, no, no. They're listening. They are listening. Guys, definitely, if, if you didn't think about reaching out, definitely reach out now. Nobody cares about that. If you have a story, like you said, people just want, if you just want to vent, if you just want to have someone to talk to, send them a message on IG or whatever platforms that you're going to be seeing in the descriptions. Get in touch because it's okay to talk about these things and you don't have to feel silenced because you're a dad or because no one shares a lot of the stories that you're going through. But just let's talk about this and it's important to have communities build the right communities and with that ad just any final words because i know we're really tight for time in terms of your commitments for the day (laughs) no so i'd say just remember that something i was always told so when i finished my military i and i remember being told that you know the darkest days and all of this you've got to remember you are six feet above right now you're not okay. six feet below you're six feet above yeah so make it count make it count don't waste your time being resentful and bitter carrying grudges put it to bed and get on with life because you you don't know what's around the, look at the pandemic you don't know what's around the corner time is valuable but it's something you control that's that's a mic drop moment. That's powerful. That's excellent. <laughs> That's an excellent way to end it. It's been an absolute pleasure. I just you you've got me thinking about so much more right now, and I really appreciate you coming to us on the podcast. Hi, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for Amazing. having me on. It's, uh, yeah, it's been really good, now, and thank you very much for everything you're doing as well. Thank you for being you, and because thank that, you very much. that 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 includes everything that you do, both the ones that are seen and the ones that aren't seen. Thank you so much for your time, buddy.